Good afternoon, and welcome to Citizen K, a weekly current affairs program featuring in-depth interviews and perspectives. I'm Kareem Mosna. On Friday, the YMCA of Eastern Ontario recognized two local peacemakers at the 2023 Peace Medal Award presentations at the Brockville YMCA. International artist living in Gananoque and the founder of nonprofit organization The Art of Courage, Heather Haynes, received the medal for Kingston. Through storytelling, The Art of Courage raises awareness and funds to support vulnerable women and children in a democratic republic of the Congo. I had the chance to speak with Heather Haynes. Here's my conversation with her on Citizen K. Excellent. Well, Heather, thank you for taking some time to speak with me today. You're welcome. So I'm speaking with you as, of course, uh, you are a YMCA Peace Medal recipient. So congratulations. Thank you. And uh, so I'd like to take this time to talk a bit about your work, uh, which is, of course, what you're being recognized for through this, uh, through these awards. Uh, I understand a lot of your work is based around uh, raising awareness uh, and funds for vulnerable children and women uh, in the Congo. And I'm curious to know what brought you into this work? Well, my art led me there. Uh, I've, I've always had my art has been connected to charity in some way, like giving back to the community, which then led me to go abroad to Uganda in 2008. And then in, in um, it was the people that really affected me. And I st- turned some, you know, a, a part of a body of work towards the people there. Um, and then I ended up going to the DRC, the Democratic Republic of Congo in 2011, after I'd read a book by Lisa Shannon called A Thousand Sisters. And it, it told about the women, the stories of the women. And I felt as though I wanted to meet the women and create paintings of them so that I could tell their story if that's what they wanted me to do, to raise awareness for what's going on there. That's certainly what I picked up on. I had the chance to look at the trailer for Common Thread, um, a, a documentary film that I understand is is in the works. Um, and I understand it. There, there was a line in there where you said that uh, they spoke their truth in order to change their future and uh, you talked about how you took that journey with them. Tell me a little bit about that journey. Well, when I guess the thing is, if you if you put yourself in front of difficult stories, you have a responsibility to do something, to carry that forward and to do something. And uh, their stories were horrific. They're in impossible stories to sort of reconcile in your in your heart and your mind. So in order to activate something I had to I just started painting and then I found opportunities to show my work and tell people and and they'd feel it from the paintings and one thing led to another that I I would raise funds through the sales of paintings or events fundraisers and um I had met a man on my second trip there his name is Kazungu Hubert who was looking after 16 orphans at the time and we started corresponding over four months and at the end of the four months or just four months in the m23 rebel group was invading the city of goma where he lived with the children and i decided that day to uh see if i could raise some funds to build to to build a home for those kids because they were being evacuated from the 
the home that they were living in, which was really like a, a shack or a barn. And uh, one year to the date that I had met him in January 10th, the year before, they moved into that home and the 16 children had turned to 80. So all of a sudden I had a bigger commitment on my shoulders than I ever had intended. And and that led me to create an 80-piece um, installation called The Wall of Courage that pa I painted all of the 80 children um, that were originally in the home. And then I started touring that to raise funds to then um, build a school and we to educate uh, all those children and, and more children in the community. And uh, a friend of mine came with me and she, 10 women told us both those their stories. And so then she started a women's training center with, with, with uh, ideas of what the women wanted. And that's been going on for, I don't know, seven or eight years now as well. So <laughs> it's just, it's just a story that keeps evolving. And, and really, as you, you talked about uh, women sharing stories, and then you, uh, as as the artist, um, what 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 do you feel is your role as the artist in this? I suppose, for myself, it's all I know how to do. It's the I'm not I'm not a political person. I can't go and, you know, try and change the rules and or or advocate for people in in a, any other way this is the only way i know how is is to paint um so that's what i continue to do and to use that platform to reach people and to raise funds uh so my responsibility is just to be honest with um where i'm coming from i guess uh i think it's just a human connection to you know if people are are suffering. I, I believe that we need to do something to stop them from suffering. I understand currently uh, you're looking to partner with businesses uh, and also looking uh, for 10 new child sponsors before Christmas. Can you tell me a little bit more about both of these initiatives? Yeah, so we started a nonprofit in 2018 called The Art of Courage. So this has formalized um, the support we're giving to this community. And which is really great because there's then a lot of people are helping me to to do this. But uh, we we have 23 staff. We have 400 kids that we're educating. It's become a lot bigger of a project than I could ever have handled on my own. Um, and and because of the U.S. Canadian dollar, the food um, food prices have doubled over the last year or two. Uh, we're you know we're we're Get, we're challenged to raise the funds. The, the funds have, have probably taken on about $40,000 more than we initially um, walked into uh, four years ago. So uh, we created a nice um, deck where businesses could join up and help with, uh, you know, pay, they could donate to help in specific um, ideas, like paying a teacher's salary for a year or uh, buying school supplies for a classroom. So we're trying to get creative ideas that, that businesses could then come on and partner and we could highlight them and they could be highlighted over there. It's just a community here, supporting community there. And this is uh, reaching out to the local uh, community here in Kingston and surrounding area. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that 
businesses are, are um, looking as they should to to support local, but also globally and and environmentally. So this is sort of an opportunity um, for something global, a global support system for, you know, maybe communities that don't have a net like we luckily do here. We have a lot of nets and, we're, and I recognize them because I know what it looks like when they don't exist. What would you say to those who are perhaps, you know, again, aware of some of these uh, inequities um, in the world and even in their own community? What would you say to those people who would want to make a difference but may perhaps feel like, what is it that I could really do? You know, that feeling? Yeah, I think that if you have a gut instinct to do something, follow it. Don't let your mind tell you that it's impossible. You don't know that until you try. If I hadn't have just thought, I will try, I'll take that one small step, none of this would have happened. And I'm not, I'm, I don't have, you know, this huge network. I'm not a wealthy person by any means. I'm an artist. I make, you know, my money selling paintings, which from the small town of Gananoque is not, you know, <laughs> the most lucrative place to do that. But somehow it's, I think because the intention is, is uh, good. I think that if we follow those impulses when they're out of our out of love, that I I don't I think we'll we'll learn a lot, but and it will always lead us somewhere better and some and better for others. And that pay and that that you know there's that it pay it forward or not really pay it forward, but it's when you're kind to someone, then they're kind to someone, and that's the kind of energy we want to spread instead of fear and um impossibility there's possibilities we're just we just don't see it enough on the news well i'm, I'm glad that you're sharing that with us and our, and our listeners today sometimes we we need to be reminded of that so thank you for doing that thanks keep it simple <laughs> act from your heart not from your brain <laughs> And uh, we'll just wrap up here. Uh, any thoughts on on being honored with this uh, YMCA Peace Award? Yeah, I, I I think it came at a really nice time for me. Um, the pandemic has been difficult, as it has been for everyone. So crawling out of it as an artist, but also as a nonprofit supporting others, it's you never know. We, we to not have sort of grounding at all it feels like things are starting to move forward again uh and um we're just we just had our first public showing of the documentary the common thread in gananoque on sunday so it is out we'll be releasing it to the public very soon for them to watch everyone to watch and you know i think this giving getting this award just gives me an opportunity to speak to you and and to get a little bit of press right before christmas which is helpful to the art of courage so we can raise some funds i guess it would be helpful or just to inspire other people to to act charitably and um in as we head into the season remember what it's for and finally for those who want to learn more about your nonprofit uh wh wh where's the best place for them to go uh the website theartofcourage.ca Excellent. Well, Heather, thank you very much for speaking with me today. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, same with me. Thanks so much.
And that was my conversation with Heather Haynes, an artist living in Gananoque and founder of nonprofit organization The Art of Courage. Heather was recognized for her work by receiving a Peace Medal from the YMCA of Eastern Ontario. You're listening to Citizen K on CFRC 101.9 FM, CFRC.ca, and on podcast, I'm Kareem Mosna. A new museum telling the story of local Holocaust survivors has just opened. The museum, known as Ledour Vador, from generation to generation, is located within Kingston Synagogue Beth Israel Congregation. I had the chance to visit the synagogue and speak with Rabbi Aaron Polanski. This this new Holocaust Museum and Education Center, I'm very curious, how long has this been uh, in the making to, to create this, uh, this center? Well, you could say it's been decades in the making because um, the the teacher, the the member of our community who's behind this, Pam Simon, um, started this project when she was a teacher at QECVI. Um, I don't know how many years ago, but obviously the school's not around anymore, so a while ago. Um, and she and her students put together the exhibit at that time. They interviewed survivors, Kingston survivors, and uh, and made these beautiful exhibits representing each survivor's life and uh, their survival story. So it started um, way back then, probably more than 20 years ago. And um, when QECVI closed, the trees, which, which make up the bulk of the exhibit, uh, got moved to Frontenac uh, High School. And uh, they were sort of in storage for a while there. And uh, it's been probably in the last five or so years that our community, the Jewish community, has been working on finding them a permanent home. Um, And then finally, we were able to put together um, the funding with the help of the city of Kingston, a grant, um, and uh, and and find the space in our building to be able to display them appropriately and, uh, and invite the community to see them as well. You mentioned uh, Pam Simon uh, from the, uh, the, the Kingston, or I'm sorry, the Queen Elizabeth Collegiate. And uh, from what I really understand, she really got students involved uh, in this project in putting uh, family trees together uh, looking at 10 children who survived the Nazi genocide and how they uh, built their lives right here in this city of Kingston. Uh, man, that must have been a, a fascinating learning experience. It was, and to help hear her tell about it, it was life-changing for her students. Um, just to clarify, the uh, the survivor trees are, are not of children. Uh, one of them was a child at the time of of the Holocaust, but most of them were already um, in their teens or or young adults. Um, And you're quite right, they all did settle here ultimately in Kingston um, at various times. And and, and most of them uh, lived out their days here. We have one remaining um, survivor among that group who is going strong, um, Yochavit Katan, who's part of our community and has spent a lot of her time um, teaching and speaking to students and schools and and various other groups about her experience. She was a a hidden child, um, but most of the others um, were were older um, during the war. So but yes, it was it was Pam and her students. So um, 
she doesn't like giving interviews, so it's up to me to convey her story. But um, as she tells it, she she's a she was a history teacher, and uh, as you probably know, uh, World War II was a big part of the grade ten history curriculum. And uh, she says that she had a, a bunch of chatty girls who uh, weren't really interested in being there, and it was quite frustrating to her. So she uh, she decided to scrap her curriculum and, and grab them by the heart, I guess you could say. Um, and she started to read to them from a book called Hannah's Suitcase, which uh, which is a, a beautiful telling of, uh, of a young girl's story during World War II. And they were so taken by her story that they decided they wanted to learn more. And uh, that's when they got the idea to interview the survivors in Kingston and then to honor them with these uh, memorial trees. And then once once this came to fruition, um, they actually were the docents at their school museum of, of this exhibit. And, and they would take people through and, and teach them um, and introduce them to the survivors that, that they met uh, firsthand. So it was quite a powerful experience for, for those young people. I understand as part of this exhibit as well, there's a video on Kingston's connection to the Holocaust. I'd like to know more about uh, some of what this video will, will, will cover. It was put together by our community um, many years ago. I don't know the date on it. I'd have to look. Um, but most of these survivors were still with us at the time. And, um, and it chronicles some of their life stories um, and how their their lives played out here in Kingston, um, just highlighting some of some of those survivors whose trees are are displayed. Um, yeah. I mean, the Holocaust has certainly um, received a lot. There's been a lot of books written about it. There's been a lot of uh, movies, both fiction and nonfiction, based on it. Uh, certainly, it's been covered a lot. But from what I'm gathering here, is this will really give local residents that Kingston connection to this tragic event. That's right. Um, history, I think, gets gets internalized, gets retained when we can see ourselves in it. If we can picture ourselves um, having experienced that, what would we have done? What would you have done if your whole family was taken away and uh, and put in a work camp or a concentration camp and uh, with with the goal of of killing them all. How what would you do? What did these people do? How did they survive? Some of them hid in the woods. Some of them um, you know, ran and, and hid with with neighbors who took them in and um, saw them as as people rather than as um, as the vermin that the Nazis tried to paint us as. Um, would we see the humanity in in other people, or would we believe the lies and the propaganda of others? And I, I think these this way of telling people's personal stories is a way that we can relate to it um, on a personal level as human beings, person to person. You know, if you you hear numbers, those are hard to relate to. You hear six million Jews, one and a half million children were murdered during uh, during the Holocaust. Well, what does that mean? Who can conceive of six million people? Um, but all it takes is relating to one. You know, this mother, this mother of, of four children was taken from her family 
And those children had to grow up without a mother because of hatred. Or, you know, this, this brother was, um, was made to work and was, was stolen from, from his chosen line of, of work, didn't get to live out his, his potential and his dreams and his desires. You know, that, it, it's those stories, I think, that, uh, that help us relate, it makes, it, makes it specific. The abstract is really hard for, for human beings to relate to, um, but if we can see a face and we can we can see pictures even of their home, their family, and and see how similar they are to us. Then then we start to relate and and to care on a different level. And I and I think this isn't only about the past. Um, it's about the present and the future, because we need to continue to relate to people as human beings that we all are, rather than as a member of a certain race or religion or nationality. We're all people. So if we're going to have compassion for people who look like us, we also need to have compassion for people who don't look like us. And I think that's what this, this museum is really about. Well, that's so very well put. Thank you for that. Um, the last thing I just want to touch on uh, is this, this Torah scroll, um, so which, which I understand uh, is coming from from the UK. Tell me more about this and how um, the city has um, has contributed to to preserving this. Um, so so during the Shoah, uh, that's the Hebrew word for um, for the Holocaust. During during the Shoah, the Nazis stole um, our holy books, our Torah scrolls, any other ritual items. Um, some of them were silver and they melted them down to make into other things. Um, our, our prayer books, um, our prayer shawls, all kinds of things. They, they stole them. Um, they cataloged them and they had the intention of creating a mu museum to the extinct race. Um, thankfully that, that didn't happen and we were, we were going strong and definitely not extinct. Um, but after the war, um, the, all of these uh, artifacts were recovered and, and there's an organization in the UK that uh, has taken on the responsibility of either restoring the Torah scrolls to a usable condition um, or finding them homes where they'll be treasured and and used as educational tools. And so that's what we have here. Um, our, our Torah scroll was recovered um, from, I'm blanking on the name of the town, um, but it's uh, in what used to be Czech, Czechoslovakia. Um, and that community was wiped out um, but it has rejuvenated now um, in present time. And uh, our Torah scroll is is not fit to be read from in a ceremonial way, um, but we have it as part of our museum, as part of an educational tool, a, a testimony to uh, to what was and uh, and a warning to to what can happen when we let, hatred and prejudice, um, moment and, and run unchecked. 
and it is in our it's in display in our in our foyer and I, I i wanted it placed there near the door to our sanctuary because i i feel like that torah scroll is welcoming us here you know from from our ancestors um and those who were murdered um they are very present with us at all times and seeing that Torah scroll as a reminder, um, not only as an educational warning um, uh, to everybody, but but for us as Jews that uh, that we survived, that we are strong and that we um, have hope and that we have a future and, and we do this in the name of those who came before us. So uh, so she's welcoming us to our worship services whenever we come into our building. Beautiful. And this museum, this exhibit is, is, is ongoing. It's, it's, it's open and it's open as of, uh, as of now, or is it, when is the official opening date? Yes. So the official opening date is Sunday, December 11th. So it's now open um, and it's, and it's open by appointment. Um, so the synagogue building is not always open. Um, but if, educators or even just you know private citizens want to come and have a tour of of the exhibit we have uh, docents uh, members of our community who will take them through and uh, and show them all that all that we have to offer tell them the stories and uh, and answer their questions and the Beth Israel congregation is located at 116 Center Street right here in Kingston great well Aaron thank you very much uh, for speaking with me today about this exhibit. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to speak with you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And that was my conversation with Rabbi Aaron Polanski talking about the new museum, which shows the stories of local Holocaust survivors known as Lador Vador from generation to generation. And that's all for Citizen K this week. Citizen K was produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at Queen's University. CFRC 101.9 FM broadcasts from Kingston, Ontario on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. Thank you for listening. I'm Kareem Mosna.